0: Where does your mind go when your blood sugar goes low? For many folks, their mind starts racing when they have low blood sugar. They can't think straight. They have some negative thoughts. Other folks go to a really dark place, and that can be really scary. Welcome to the Live Free with T1D podcast, brought to you by The Diabetes Psychologist. This is the only podcast where we teach you how to build your type 1 diabetes management plan like a sailboat. You are the captain, your diabetes management is the hull, your mindset is the sails, your behavior is the rudder, and your support team is the crew. When you build your sailboat correctly, you will have smooth sailing in your life with type 1 diabetes. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. And in this episode of the podcast, I coach Edwin. Edwin's mind goes to a very dark place When his blood sugar is low and he has a hard time bringing himself out of that dark place i help edwin think about his thoughts ground himself in a way that allows him to pull himself out of that dark place as quickly as possible when his blood sugar is low if your blood sugar ever goes low and by the way that's nearly everyone with type 1 diabetes you're gonna love this episode well edwin pleasure to have you on the podcast today welcome
1: thank you mark
0: so I want to take a minute, introduce yourself, and let us know, you know about you. You're, I know you're in the Netherlands, and so you're you're in a different spot than most of my listeners. I want to hear about you and your life type of diabetes, and what is your biggest challenge right now?
1: Well, you know, um, yes, I'm in the Netherlands, but still, you know, via those nice podcasts, you know, and you can listen to the globe, you know, so to say. And, yeah. um, I'm having diabetes now for 41 years, uh, so since I was uh, 15. And my son who is uh, 15 got it uh, two years ago. okay so that's a pity it's uh, really a pity and uh, you know I'm, I'm having a quite comfortable life with my diabetes you know. Uh, I have crazy numbers from being a uh, uh, timing range, um, and I'm not so a typical diabetic patient because of um, well, I think the doctor I met when I was 15, um, she asked me, Edwin, what are your hobbies, you know, uh, two weeks after my diagnosis? And I said, well, windsurfing on sea, you know, and um, I said, okay, back to me in one week time. So I have uh, um, uh, plastic bags for you where you can put your sugar in and you can carry it with you while windsurfing. And that's the moment I realized, you know, that I met Edwin in 15. I love windsurfing and I happen to have diabetes, you know. So, I'm not having a diabetes. So, I was my father was very nice to me. And so, he made me a member of the Dutch Diabetes Association. And then I saw all those terrible things that could happen to you uh, tomorrow and all those cures for in 20, 30 years. So, I I resigned from that and I started to live my life, you know. So, how does it look, let's say, in diabetic terms? It looks like an HAB1 HC from 5.6, which is quite amazing and i'm a lot of time i'm in range so it is about 80 plus percent and i do that with just normal insulin pens and i use a, a sensor of course um and i had hypos when i was a kid you know and you started shaking and sweating but what i noticed you know i, I could deal with it you know um, um because not every hypo is the same hypo but what i noticed in the past 10-15 years that sort of the physical appearance of hypos um, disappeared and became more a mental appearance. So meaning when you are low, um, um, uh, I I can be very optimistic, but I can also be completely the opposite. And it's depending what the duration of that hypo is. And I sometimes call that, that's why I react to your post on LinkedIn as sort of a, A mini uh, depression, Mm -hmm. and uh, what it does, let's say, a lot of doctors tend to look at you know at hypose as sort of in silos, but it's sort of a catalyst of all sort of negative beliefs you have about yourself and fears you have about the future, not so much Mm -hmm. diabetic related that pop up. So really, you know, so when it happens, you know, I'm, you know, my my children notice. Of course, you have a little bit sort of a uh, your temperament's gonna change a little bit. You're you're a little bit less patient, so to say. <laughs> but the, the, the scariest things about uh the hypo is let's say that you're really your mood can change, and then you really need to. Oh, the sun is shining. Do you bother with the sun coming in? No? Huh? Well, and and then you really have to be fully aware of that you're not in a depression, but that's your hypo is triggering that uh, uh, that feeling to the max, and mm-hmm. sometimes it's, it's frighted. You know, if you wake up in the morning and you're low, you know you're you're completely out of zinc. You know you're sort of you feel really depressed. And I know it's my diabetes. I realize it. I can talk Thank to you. myself. But I also learned, you know, as a as a young boy, although you're, sitting, you're although you're running low. You can still finish the ten-kilometer run, you know. Although you're being low, you can still work in the garden. It's something different, you know, when it has sort of a mental effect on me. You, you know, it, it 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 requires different responses to it.
0: Yeah. Well. So first of all, thank you for sharing all that, and I'm I'm really impressed with well you and also your doctor from 41 years ago, uh, being that progressive in telling you that you could do whatever you wanted to and giving you tips for windsurfing I know lots of doctors um at least in my experience at that time who would have said no more windsurfing no more no more fun <laughs> stay at home for the rest of your life I'm being a little bit sarcastic but yeah I, I think that 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 sort of encouragement and empowerment is is amazing uh, and I must have set you up for success um despite the challenges that you're having right now yeah Yeah, so Edwin, tell me about this. When you when you have a hypo and you get into this depressive state, or when you treat after you treat the hypo and your blood sugar comes back into range, does that does the do the feelings of depression and feeling down um, go away or do they stick with you for a while?
1: They stick with me for a while. It's depending, you know. And I, I had a question with my doctor. You know, it's also depending on say the duration and severity of the hypo. Mm-hmm. You know? So the longer and the more severe it is, the longer those feelings stay. So I I, I realize it's all hormones that are running around. Then you know, um, sure. And and that's and that's. Um, let's say it, it is enhanced if you are already. Let's say you know you're not at your best every day. You know. So are you? If you are already, let's say a little bit in a negative mood, it can. It can increase it, let's say, with, with an enormous factor, you know. And then and then, yeah, the only thing I can, I can do, of course, you know, you have to treat your hypo. But at the same time, yeah, the feeling sometimes stays with me. And that's the most frustrating mm-hmm. part of it, you know. Yeah. Well,
0: and uh, as you say there's a couple of things come to my mind. I'm curious which one, if either one of them uh, resonates with you. So when... Where well, our blood sugars go low, one of the things that happens is our in some ways our inhibitions kind of go down and because our brain is really struggling to, with you know, need, needing to conserve as much energy as possible. And so and, and what that does, I mean I, I've certainly been there before too as our thoughts start racing and you know to, to places where they wouldn't go if you're if you had the, the 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 inhibitions um that you have when you're not when your blood sugar isn't in range. And what that can do is it can kind of take you down a path of negativity, um, yeah. which which is kind of which becomes hard to stop. You know, I, I I can think of all kinds of thoughts that I've had, and I'm sure that you and all my listeners can can identify with this that you've had when your blood sugar is low. And that, that some of them seem like they're and they are completely. I'm not. They're not crazy, but they are. They are not. They're not aligned with reality. And so those types of thoughts can just they get away from you, and they stay. And then when your blood sugar comes up, they stick with you because you think, you know, well, what was I was what I was thinking? Is that accurate, or you know, what what's going on here? The other thing that I that I'm thinking is, you know, just having a hypo in general, we tend to get very down on ourselves for that because you know, what did I, you, you ask yourself? What did I do to make this happen? Did, what what mistake did I make? Um, earlier in the day to, to, to cause this to happen. While we know that there's not, sometimes hypos happen just because you're taking insulin and for no, there's no other explanation than that. But, um, but nonetheless, we tend to uh, beat ourselves up for having those blood sugars. And I'm curious, do either one of those situations or uh, scenarios resonate with you in your situation? Both scenarios resonate, you
1: know? Okay. Yeah. yeah, you know, because the the, pos- the positive part, let's say, how I started my diabetes, you know, with thanks to my doctor, is um, that you also you also have something like, you no, know, my son goes to a diabetic center and there was a psychologist and she was saying, yeah, you know, people with diabetes, we learn them to have a happy life despite their diabetes. I said, what's this? i said, I've, I'm happy, and I'm having diabetes versus the other way around. Mm-hmm. But, but the point is, that's a positive thing, but I think you mentioned it, I, I don't have your book, but I saw it, let's say, in the uh, in the index. Um, you have to be honest to yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. You you cannot be, let's say, as a non-diabetic person, let's say, 24-7. So mm-hmm. the blaming is about... Um, so I just had a small hypo, you know, down for, before we started. And because I gave a correction when I was doing grocery shoppings today i gave a correction because i found 6.5 let's do five and um, so i gave a correction it was a little bit too much then so it's more sort of the the, the uh, frustration but i think you know that that's that's not the heaviest part the heaviest part really you know when uh, negative thoughts about yourself or mm-hmm. things yeah. from the past that they pop up and you know you it's not realistic you know, or if you are doing your shopping, you know, and you get a hypo at that moment, you know, you're not so good organizer. You know, getting all your groceries in it can also be very funny. Yeah. <laughs> and so there are there are you know there are there are funny parts about it. There are frustrating parts because you 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 don't have a normal. You cannot act normal at that moment. Mm-hmm. But the most heavy part, I think, in you know, Las is the is the mental impacts of the depressed feelings that can can pop up, and depending on um, one is how is your emotional feeling at that moment. That is a that is a driver of it. The other part is let's say the severity of the hypo, mm-hmm. and then the third part let's say how you act upon it and how you act yeah. upon it is you know is sort of saying to myself, Hey Edwin, this is your hypo. This is not you. And there, and I mentioned also in, in in my reaction there, where I use a lot of the techniques of uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, you know, is you know, just... There is a moment where you are triggered by your, your your hypo and your hormones. That's not... It's not who you are, you know? Just a sort of a, a, a state of being at that moment, but it's not who you are. Um, right. Um, and since I discovered, let's say... The two things, you know, that helped me enormously to deal with hypos. One is there's a big movement in the Netherlands, you know, about turning around diabetes too, you know, by just food as medicine. Mm-hmm. So I once called, not my doctor that I started with, but another doctor and a dietician, you know, so why couldn't I do that program as a Diabetes 1 patient? Yeah, but you will be too low on carbs and you will be high. I let them go so what i do i eat low carbs mm-hmm. i use a low amount of insulin therefore my hypos are decreased enormously therefore they are less severe so that's my mm-hmm. part of how to deal with the hypos and the other part is let's say the mental part is using let's say yeah, the program joe dispenser also for me as a person as a whole so not only as a diabetic patient to really be not identifying myself with that one moment or those hypos from the past or the emotions from the past, but just take the time. I'm now having a hypo. Just let it come in. Don't start Mm -hmm. working in the garden. Don't start working on your PowerPoint slides for your clients. Just accept it. And if it takes longer and you feel set about, still set after it, just accept it.
0: That makes life easier. I talk to people with type 1 diabetes every day. And every day is clear to me that people at T1D need a plan. They need a plan to follow to manage the emotional burden of living with diabetes. Without a plan to manage the stress, life with diabetes is overwhelming. You feel like you're drinking out of a fire hose, and you have no idea how to feel steady on your feet and find the peace of mind you're looking for. You feel like diabetes takes away your freedom to live a normal life. A plan to manage the emotional burden of T1D is very simple. There are five frameworks you need to know. And if you know these five frameworks, you have a plan for how to deal with any stress diabetes throws your way. With this plan, you'll be clear about what you're doing right now and what you need to do next. That's exactly what you get when you join Live Free With T1D. At Live Free With T1D, I coach you to manage the stress of type one diabetes like a sailboat. You are the captain. The hull of the boat is your diabetes knowledge and management. The sails are your mindset, the rudder is your behavior, and your crew is your support system. If you build the five parts of your sailboat correctly, you'll be sailing smoothly with type one diabetes. All of that is part of the plan that's available to you when you join Live Free with T1D. Plus, as part of Live Free with T1D, I host a live coaching event every month where you get access to me and have the opportunity to ask me questions and even get personalized coaching. To join Live Free with T1D, go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash live free with T1D. That's www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash live free with T1D. Join other people with type 1 diabetes, just like you, who have a plan to find peace of mind and freedom in their lives with type 1 diabetes. I think that's great advice. And that's like I'm I'm so glad that you're using that because so often we we make diabetes or our hypos, we make them define us. And certainly they explain us in the moment. They explain what how we're feeling and they explain our behavior in the moment, but they're they're transient. Pieces of time, and 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 they they're passing. And you know, while while you may feel a certain way right now, that doesn't mean that that's who you are, or that's how you that that's how you feel, and that's that's how you're gonna feel all of the time. Um, a couple. So I, I want to focus on a couple of things here as as we talk about you know helping you to to better cope with this. And and, and the first is talking about some education. And I think that you know this, but. You no, know, j- just the physiol the physiology of hypog of hypoglycemia. When your blood sugar goes low, again your your inhibitions go down, um, and because your your brain is trying to conserve sugar and energy, um, and what does that do to your thoughts? It, it it makes them go to some funny places. And so, expecting that to happen and, and recognizing that it's going to happen, so that when it does happen in the moment you may not recognize it because you're low and you're 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 just trying to treat the hypo but after the fact saying that that that's exactly what i expected to happen so it wasn't a surprise i think sometimes when we have these surprises with our diabetes that's when our thoughts really go to to some scary places but yeah. when we when we do have these negative thoughts and these negative feelings around diabetes and we go there and then you come out of it it's like okay well that happened that was not fun but that's exactly what i expected to happen then you're it's it makes it much easier to um to move on and and not to hold on to those feelings. Um the other thing that I would really suggest is thinking about your mindset here and uh and keeping in mind, again, using that information that these things are, are to be expected, having ways that when you come out of the hypo, um, that you're able to check yourself and you're able to say, Well, when I was low, I had this thought that. Diabetes was going to have a hold on me forever, or that uh, that grocery shopping is is too difficult, or whatever those thoughts are, and then be able to when you come out of the hypo, be able to to, to say, well, those are the thoughts I had. You know, how, on a scale of one to ten, how realistic is that thought? How 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 true is it? And I mean, and I, I I see you laughing here, but it's it, and part of it is is actually you know trying try to laugh at yourself and realize, wow, that thought that I had when I was low. That was not (laughs) that 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 was a little bit silly. But once you do that, then you see, wow, okay. Well, now that I'm not low anymore, I'm able to, you know, come, come back to where I am to be grounded and recognize that that was a transient thing that happened because I was low, not something that I need to hold on to. Because I think that Edwin, for you, I I wish that I had a way to just say, not have those thoughts and those feelings not happen when you're low. And I really don't have that sort of magical power. But I think that when you come out of the low, whether it's after five minutes, or hopefully, hopefully not, not you're not low for that long. But if the low has been severe, it takes a little bit longer to come up and to feel back to yourself, that you're able to um, move on as quickly as possible. And I think that without, without holding onto those thoughts and by checking your thoughts and really kind of having a process that you, you can say, wow, when I was low, I thought this, that that's just not true. Um, and be able to let go of it, maybe even physically like let, let go of it. Um, that can help you to not hold on to it. So that the, the, the feelings of, of depression, the feelings of, of racing thoughts that are feel out of control, don't stick with you for, for very long. And you're able to get back to, um, Edwin, as opposed to you know the Edwin who had some silly thoughts yeah. while he was logical us go slow.
1: Yeah, so this is very helpful what you say, especially what you're describing, sort of as a as a the things that are going on in your brain, what your brain is doing, and if you visualize that for yourself, then you can even look at it, let's say, uh, a little bit more lighthearted, you know, because if a if a non-diabetic patient was was brought into hypo they probably would have the same experience, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's a sort of a, a thing of our uh, uh of our body. Although I must say the opposite can also happen, you know, especially when before you go into hypo, is um uh you can also get very excited, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and happy, especially when you have music on, you feel you know you can conquer the world. Yeah. Um yeah and there's one thing, you know, because I what I heard you saying in your podcast, and in your book about hypos, you know, what it is hindering people to do, live their normal life. Mm-hmm I'm just I don't know if it's a problem for the problem. I always was wondering, you know, when people get die, you know, especially children, you know, they they get their first hypo in the most in- inconvenient moment. Never in a doctor's office. So I asked the doctor of, of my son, well, why not do a hypo here? Oh, we're not allowed to. You know, which is quite silly. And the other thing is, a lot of protocols on how to react on a hypo, especially in the Netherlands, they're even on the websites of hospitals are you need to eat so many sugar or dextro, and then you need a sandwich. And then I realized, you know, my son also recognized now, there are different hypos, you know. If the hypo is occurring after the, uh, the, the working period of your short-acting insulin, so I'm using FIASP, you know, and if the hypo is happening four hours after I used FIASP, then I know it's just a, a small spike of the insulin versus when it's happening one hour after you have your meal and when you have had your insulin, that's a completely different story that you you also have to respond, but you have to monitor it because there can come another hypo. It can continue. And making a full understanding of a hypo, whether it is via exercise, at what moment after you use your insulin or your meal, at least that gave me a lot of comfort to understand where is it coming from and how do I need to respond? Because if you do the standard protocol with a hypo, <laughs> you all end up on a hyper, you know? Yes. Um, so it's also making it, making it easier to have an understanding about the mechanics and the cause of your specific hypo at that moment and how to react on it. And I don't think that there is a tailored uh, answer from the doctors, the nurses, looking at it at that detailed level. As one of the famous porter in Nelland said, who also has a, a bus from the four wheels as diabetes says, there are a lot of people and doctors and nurses, you know, and they are the best ones. They understand the car, but they didn't drive the car, didn't drive the car themselves. Yes, and and and, and understanding how it feels to drive a car. Mm-hmm. with all the different roads and the different seasons and get full acknowledgements for diabetic patients, in, in my case, it's my son, is is bringing down a lot of burden with people and will enable them to open up and to be more, as you're doing now with, with Min right now, You know, putting the, the hypo, what's happening in your brain in the right context, putting the hypo in the right context, what is the cause, why is it happening, what type mm-hmm. of hypo, could you prevent it yes or no if not but those things help a lot to to get the fear away of getting a hypo i think with with people
0: yeah well, and i want to say a couple of things the first is there are uh, j- just as there are different reasons for hypos. So, as you mentioned, whether it's at the end of your four, four hours of the time that your insulin, the insulin has been there, or after a meal, there's also differences in severity of hypos and how, and how they feel. So, for example, if you ha- have a hypo and, and your your blood sugar is coming down slowly and you go from, well, I'm going to use milligrams of desolator here, but you go down from 100 to 80 to 70 <laughs> or 60. That's going to be, a, it's, it's going to be still coming on you. May, your, your symptoms may be less severe, but if you go from 120 and you have, go down to 60 within five minutes, yeah. your, your body is going to be in shock. and it's, it's going to be much more severe and you're going to have different symptoms. So the thoughts and the, the, the level of depressive and, and scary thoughts that you may have yeah. may be very different. And so I think it's important to recognize uh, that as well. Um, yeah. You know, you, you, you mentioned you know the the first hypo. And I I can very very clearly remember my first hypo um, after I was diagnosed. It was scary because I didn't know what was happening. I, it was several days after my diagnosis, and I was on campus at my university, and my my blood sugar went low, and I I was you know I wasn't like, not not expecting those types of symptoms, and so I think that you you bring up a, ver- a very very good point um, in terms of having people to understand, helping them to understand. What it actually feels like as opposed to giving them piece paper that says these are the symptoms that you might experience because um that's a very different a very different scenario um so I I like that idea, and, and that's something I actually do in my office sometimes with patients, especially people who are who have a fear of hypoglycemia. I help bring them down, and so in, in, in here in, in a safe environment where they can they can feel what it's like, so that yes. know, it's not scary, and then they, they know that when they do feel that way, that they're able to treat themselves appropriately. Um, and then bringing in, I think that you know, talking to you, bringing into the the, thought, the thoughts that, expe- that people experience when their blood sugar is low, and they're they're less they're less inhibited um can be helpful the last thing that I, I wanted to mention was you know as as you're talking you I, I can think of other scenarios that people without diabetes may experience um where these ha- these same types of things happen so for example if someone um is drinking um you know people have, not the same types of thoughts, but certainly less inhibition w- while drinking. Or also when, when you're in a deep sleep and you're woken up from a deep sleep and you may have all kinds of thoughts like that come when your body is jolted out of the sleep. Um, those are very similar examples, and we would never we we were able to put those things in context much easier, I think, than we are able to put the context of the hypoglycemia incident um, in context. And so, I think uh, you know, while, while they're certainly not the same, they're, they have sometimes they have the same impact, um, but they have we have different perspective, and so we would never beat ourselves up for waking up out of a deep sleep with some some funny thoughts, but at, at the same time. Be out of a hypo, we might. And the reality is, is they're very similar in in the experience, and they're, they're very similar in the types of thoughts that we have, but the context is different. And, and it's important to see that um, that context really makes a big difference in how it impacts our mental health.
1: This helps a lot. You know, let's also put it in perspective for non-diabetic, or let's say for your family, you know, how it feels yeah. like you know, waking up, m- making them awake in the middle of the night, and then say if they ask them a difficult question that they can do some coherent, coherent thinking, normal thinking. They're not, they, they can't. Is it also so familiar with you with hypos in the night or low blood sugars that, that it also, well, it makes me have very realistic dreams in my sleep. And my mm-hmm. son has exactly the same, you know? Yeah. That the variability in your blood sugars causes you to dream a lot. hmm
0: Absolutely. There's no well, one. just to wrap up, yeah. So to wrap up Edward, here's here's what I'm gonna suggest that you do is well, first of all, just you know, continue to remind yourself, you know, about what the physiology and what what happens in your brain when your blood sugar goes low. And of course, keep on doing what you're doing to to avoid low blood sugars as much as possible, as long as you're able to manage your diabetes well, as as long as you're able to also have a good quality quality of life while Um, you know, while doing so, I think those are all important. And then, you know, next time this happens, next time you have these negative thoughts that really bring you down, bring yourself back and and just, you know, ask yourself um, the questions after you come out of the hypo, you know, is what I was thinking realistic? And is something that I I need, is it a thought or a belief that I need to hold on to? Mm. And if the answer is yes, then by all means, hold on to it. But most likely the answer is going to be no. And so find a way either, you know, putting your hands up and just letting it go or just or pu- pushing that thought aside and then being able to move on without holding onto it and without ha- letting it have the, the after effect that it seems to be having on you sometimes. And it's really having the impact.
1: Exactly. The after effect. Yes. Well, that's a yeah. very good, uh, very good advice, Mark.
0: Well, great. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And I hope that this is helpful. At the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action that you can use in your life with type 1 diabetes starting right now to help you find smooth sailing in your life with type 1 diabetes. And today's plan of action is write down your thoughts. If you have negative thoughts anytime, when you have low blood sugar, when you're feeling frustrated, when your blood sugar is not staying stable, write down your thoughts. Writing down your thoughts helps you to analyze them in an objective way. And if they're not accurate, helps to ground you and bring yourself back to reality so you can move forward in your life without having that spiral of thoughts start going and going and going. Thanks so much for joining me on the Live Free with T1D podcast, where I teach you how to build your diabetes management plan like a sailboat so you could have smooth sailing in your life with type 1 diabetes. And I'll see you back here next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.